Hey everyone, welcome on into the Sandy Charles Show podcast on the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sandy Charles, and I'm so honored for my next guest, keeping it with the theme of the last two episodes, Women in Sports. She's currently the mental skills coach with the Philadelphia Phillies, so yes, she also works in Major League Baseball. Our paths have not crossed on a field just yet, but fingers crossed they will one day. Hannah Huseman with the Phillies, and she's going to give us tidbits and insight into her job with these athletes, but also give us nuggets of how we can do mental performance skills at home or in our job, in our relationships. So without further ado, Hannah Huseman. So Hannah, first off the bat, just to get to know you and your backstory, um, where does it all start? Where did you grow up and then college? Kind of just take us through a little bit of your beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So I am born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and grew up with um, a pretty competitive family. Um, We were always involved, you know, in all the sports. Um, I have a younger brother and we're Um, a little shy of two years apart, so super competitive and always um, competing in literally everything we did, um, from who could get to the car fast enough, to sports, to board games, to you name it. So um, always grew up competitive, always grew up in the sporting world, and um, just knew, you know, from a young age that that is what fired me up the most in the world and, like, made me so excited and was where all my passion went to, and even all my confidence was always in sports. Um, And so I always knew I was going to be in sports, just didn't really know to what capacity. And I ended up playing college softball at the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a smaller division one school. And then still didn't really know what I was going to do. Majored in exercise science. Um, Thought I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach for a little bit. Thought I was going to be a softball coach for a little bit. And then my last semester of my undergraduate degree, I took an elective and it was basically an introduction, like intro 101 to sports psychology. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, what is this? Why have I never heard of this? Why is our softball team not using this? You know, we have two months left of my season. Like, what are we doing? And um, from that point uh, until now, I've like dove right in and I'm trying to learn everything I can about sports psychology and so ended up finding a um, grad school program at the University of Tennessee, so right up the road in Knoxville, and um, got my master's in sports psychology and motor behavior, which is a really fancy way of saying how the mind and the body work together to produce optimal performance. So that's what I do. I work with athletes on a daily basis um, on how to make their mind work for them instead of against them. And currently I am on year number three as the mental skills coach for the Philadelphia Phillies baseball organization. So um, from grad school, I went to, had an internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is kind of how I got my foot in the door with baseball. And then, yeah, I was so, so awesome. Um, And they just weren't hiring full time. And I really was kind of at the the bridge in my career where I was like, okay, we got to make money while hopefully doing the thing we love most. And so I actually moved to New York City and lived up there for about a year and a half working for a private practice, doing the exact same thing, mental performance coaching, um, but for all types of performers. So not just athletes, but businessmen and women, um, executives of companies, VPs of companies, um, actors, actresses, firefighters. And so it was really cool just to see how mental performance isn't just for elite level athletes, but it's for all types of performers. And, and so after that, like I love that, um, but kind of missed the baseball scene and just 
miss the camaraderie of the team. And um, so I got back in. And like I said, I'm on year three of, of being with the Phillies. There is so much to <laughs> unpack. I love this because I, I mean, while you're talking, I'm thinking, wow, this, I mean, this really will help anyone, not just athletes, but I get why, of course, especially athletes. So the last three years, first of all, I'll start with the last three years with the Phillies. How has it been like? How have you seen what you do manifest onto the field to make these players better? Yeah, so it's been really cool, um, you know, because at first I thought it was always, you know, just help the player become the best they can be, which is a huge mm -hmm. piece of it. But it's so much more than that. And it's funny because I learned this um, in my in my internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates and how, you know, it's not just about helping the players. It's about one, building a culture, yes. two, educating the staff, and then three, helping the players. Like it's so much more because if you're not a part of the culture in a team dynamic, right, then we're always going to be just like the thing at the end of the day, you know, or like mm -hmm. the add on that, like, if you have time, go do it, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. no, that's not, that's not what we're trying to do. We don't do that with nutrition. We don't do that with strength and conditioning. You don't do that with your hitting coach or your pitching coach. Like, Hey, if you've got time, go talk to your hitting coach today. You know, it's like, yeah. no, you're doing that every day. And that's a part of your priority. And so my, one of my main goals in the last three years has really been to try and make mental performance a part of the Phillies culture. And I, I like couldn't be happier with where we're at now. And I think we get better every year at it. And it is something we do as part of our daily rotations. If they go do their hitting, they're going to go to mental performance too. And mm -hmm. it's just really becoming something that, that is destigmatized, right? Instead of yeah. like, Oh, you have to go talk to the mental skills coach. It's like, no, like I'm going to talk to her or him just like I would go talk to my hitting coach. I don't just go to my coaches when things are going awry, right? right? We go to them to get better and to make sure our good gets better and, and our bad gets good, you know, and just like keep for like almost help and support. And I think sometimes they think of us as fixing them. And mm -hmm. that's what we're constantly trying to kind of like figure out is how do we get this message across that you don't have to be broken to come to us, right? Yeah. There, there can be nothing to fix. We're just here to help you and continue making you better. But instead of from the physical components, specifically from the mental component. So it's, it, it's really cool, but that's, that's been the biggest venture and, and seeing people buy into it and seeing people not stigmatize it anymore and seeing people be like, like just normalizing it has, has definitely been the most rewarding part of it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to Hannah. And they're like, Oh shoot, when's my meeting? And it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like they don't even know how much that means to me, you know, yeah. because it, it, it could have been like, Oh God, what's wrong with you? You know? And, and that's what it was. That's, that's what it's typically been. And so it's, it's really cool to see that environment change. It's semi, the mental skills part of baseball, I feel maybe it got on my radar about three years ago, but would you say that the mental aspect of sports across the board is something that we're seeing is, is com more common now than the last five or 10 years? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's always evolving like most things and, you know, it's funny because mental performance and, and sports psychology to an extent has been around for a while, mm -hmm. but it hasn't gotten the like actual education or coaching that it has now. So, right. Like I'll, I'll talk to people who, you know, have played baseball and been in the baseball world longer than we've been alive. And they're like, yeah, you know, we did, I, I would, I would like get some practice in and like visualize myself doing this. And I'm like, great, that's imagery. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I would take a deep breath. And I'm like, great, that's energy regulation. <laughs> and it's like all of these things and, and they're like, but we don't call it middle skills. And I'm like, that's great. But now we do. Yeah. And now we have coaches that actually know this stuff and are experts in this. 
and can actually help you make this better. It's not just you're born with it or you're not, or you develop it or you don't like, you know, luck of the, um, flipping the coin, right? It's like, no, we can, we can train this just like everything else. And so I'd say probably, honestly, like you said, in the last five to 10 years, I think it's really, really grown because even when I graduated in grad school, so five years ago, and I got the internship with the pirates, that was the only internship available at that time. Mm -hmm. And now almost every team has like rotating internships every year. And so it's in, in baseball. And so it's, it's definitely growing and opportunities are, are expanding, you know, teams at minimum have one up to, I think six or seven per organization. And mm -hmm. so it's definitely growing and, and trending in the right direction, but it, it's cool. Cause it's always been there, but now it's like, Oh wait, this is something, although we can't measure all aspects of it, like this is still something we can improve on and we have experts to do that. So let's make sure we're, you know, covering our bases and getting those resources as well. What would you say for those that don't aren't in a professional sport, but the goal one day, maybe they're in high school right now, maybe they're in college, but they don't have access to someone like you who can help so much and connect. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a disconnect between what's going on in their brain with their mechanics. What, what would be the first step that someone at a younger age or college could do to really get them on the right path? That's a great question. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny because I kind of come back to the same thing because I'm a, I'm a huge believer that all mental skills stem from one thing. And mm -hmm. that one thing is self-awareness, right? And I always say, you can't grow if you don't know. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what's going on in your head when you're performing poorly, how are you going to make an adjustment? And same goes for, if you don't know what's going on in your head when you're performing well, how are you going to know what to do again? Yeah. It's like, it's such a simple concept, but yet, especially when we're under high, high situation, high pressure situations, a lot of tension going on. Like the last thing you're doing is being aware of what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, or even drawing, like it's not even forcing you to think about something. It's just noticing what you are thinking in that moment. And, and so for me, it all comes down to like three questions, right? It's, it's, what am I thinking? When am I thinking it? And what are the consequences of that thinking? both good and bad. And, and if you can start to develop that, okay, when I do this during this at bat, that's a bad outcome. Okay. Yeah. Let me go write that down. Right. Or when I think this during the same at bat, I tend to produce a better outcome, or at least I'm more in control or I'm more calm or I'm, you know, less tense, right. Less like gripping the death, the death out of the bat, you know? Uh -huh. And so, um, I think it really all starts with that. And, and, and making sure you're not getting like mental performance confused with like motivation, rah, rah oh, videos, you know, yeah. like, like they're great. They're purposeful for, you know, 30 seconds or right before a big moment. Like you want to get hyped, whatever, like great, watch it. But don't, don't think that's going to impact like who you are. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to watch it every five minutes, right. Or, or once an hour, or like 20 times a day. And instead it's like when we can, what we really need to do is impact the deeper levels of your motivation, the deeper levels of, of how to get your energy regulated, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a process. Um, I think a lot of people think mental performance is just, you know, you either have it or you don't, or you can get it or you can't. And it's just like physical skills, just like you can't go to the weight room one time and expect to like be the strongest version of yourself or, or eat one healthy meal and expect to lose all the weight you want to lose. Like, you can't just practice mental performance one time and expect to be the most mentally tough performer, you know, yeah. it's, it's a daily consistent practice that 
takes time. And, and, but it all starts with knowing who you are, right? Self-awareness and knowing what you're thinking, when you're thinking it, and what are the consequences of those thoughts, mm. good or bad. Literally, as you were writing that, I was like, it's day. I wrote daily, as you said, daily, because it's something every single day. And even if you don't work in sports, if there's something in the office or even just trying to be a more positive person, that's daily, every day, kind of squashing those negative thoughts. Does that kind of play into mental health as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was funny. I was just talking to somebody earlier today and, and they were talking about how, you know, it's just so easy to have negative thoughts. It's so mm -hmm. easy to get consumed in the negative thoughts. And it's like, why is that? Mm. And we as human beings have a natural negative bias. Like we, if you think back to our ancestors, like back in the day, right. When, when they had to hunt for food and live outside and all of that, right. They had the rule of thumb was you have three weeks to find food, like, right. Human beings can go three weeks without eating food, which is incredible, wow. but they can. And so you're not like threatened if you don't shoot a deer or a rabbit or find food in, you know, a couple days, you're fine. So you're not really looking for that. But if you don't notice the venomous spider or a snake or tiger or some kind of thing that's threatening your life, right. You may not have three seconds to live. Mm. And so all the way back from our ancestors, they're trained to notice the bad notice the scary, notice the life-threatening, the negative, wow. and not notice the good. And so like, we're creatures of our habits. We're creatures of our ancestors. We're like, you know, over time, this is what we've become. And so it's so natural to just like be in a world and think like, why are the most negative thoughts popping into my head right now? Mm -hmm. And an example I use all the time is, you know, when you're driving over a bridge, right? Like think of a big bridge over a huge body of water, like an ocean or something right? What are the thoughts that pop in your head when you're driving over this bridge? Yes. It's like, uh, I hope this bridge doesn't collapse. Like, what if somebody hits me and we go flying off the guardrails? Like, wh what if I just drive off Reddit? It's like the most craziest, somewhat irrational mm -hmm. negative thoughts. And it's like, why? Like, we've never fallen off a bridge before yeah. in a car. Like, we've never experienced that, but our mind is creating that. And I just think that shows like how powerful and how true and real those negative thoughts are. And so when when you don't think of something naturally, whatever situation you're in, the most negative thoughts going to pop into your head, whether it's like, don't fail this interview, don't bomb this podcast, right? Don't ask the wrong question. Like you're like, don't strike out, right? The most yeah. like, it's not life threatening, but in that situation, that's worst case scenario, right? And so I think I always like to say is stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Because if you just like try to not think about anything, I promise you, those worst thoughts are going to pop into your head. Unfortunately, like that's just how we are. And yeah. so it's like, it's almost like, okay, again, back to the self-awareness, knowing, okay, I know negative thoughts are going to pop into my head and I'm not going to panic. And I know that's normal. And instead I'm going to try to tell myself what I'm trying to portray in this moment. Right. Because I know when I do this or when I say that I calm down and I feel a little bit more in control in whatever it is that I'm doing. And so it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's so real. You know, you're not, you're mm -hmm. not, pretending like the situation isn't happening, right? This is a big philosophy of mine is seeing things for what it actually is. Like mm -hmm. it is a big game or it is a big moment or it is a big podcast and you do want to perform well. So how can we set yourself up for success by getting your mind to think the productive thoughts instead of the hindering thoughts, if that makes sense? Yeah. How, <laughs> how do we though? <laughs> like I, I'm thinking of when I'm sidelines and it's mm -hmm. so loud and all my heart is racing. I can't feel my arm. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the words don't mess up, don't mess up, come in. And I, of course mm -hmm. I mess mm -hmm. up. So in that mm -hmm. moment, that pressure gets too much for me. How do we squash mm -hmm. that? What do we do? <laughs> yeah. I love that. So, 
you know, I think it's, it's first and foremost, like you can't wait for that very moment to execute something that you want to execute. Right. So if you know, if you know that that's something you're going to be faced with, right, whatever the situation is. So I know when I'm going to go to that, I know I'm going to be nervous. Hmm. I know I'm going to get anxious right in this moment. So let me prepare for that moment. So when, when, when you do get anxious, what is a thought that can help you overcome that anxiousness or that nervousness? Right. And so for me, it would be, okay, if I'm in this situation and this is a, this is proactive, right? Because the best mental skills are done proactively, right? We don't want to wait until you know what's hitting the fan and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. see what we come up with. That's not yeah. just like in a, in a game, you wouldn't go out and try some new technique, right? You're going to practice right. it first. And so for me, it's like, okay, when I'm in this situation and I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling nervous, I'm going to one, make sure I'm aware that I'm feeling this. Okay. My stomach's like I got butterflies in my stomach. My palms are sweaty. Like I can't feel my arms. Like I'm going everywhere. Okay. Let me stop. Recognize these feelings. Ask myself, why am I feeling these things? Well, typically the reason I'm feeling those things is because I want to perform really, really, really well, yeah. right? It's just because I want to do a good job. I want to impress whoever I want to get a promotion. I want to get a bump up in pay or in, you know, in baseball, right? I want to move up a level, whatever it is. I just want to perform well. Okay. So in order for me to perform well, what do I need to do? I need to take a deep breath and I need to trust my ability because mm. hopefully you've prepared also. So like, I know the questions I'm going to ask. I know I'm good at my job and I know I'm best at my job when I'm just fully in the moment mm. instead of trying to force things happening. And so it's almost just like, okay, I know I'm nervous, right? I'm not pretending like I'm not nervous. So I'm going to recognize that I'm nervous. I'm going to slow down a little bit by taking a deep breath. And then I'm going to talk myself up a little bit. I'm going to say, you know what? Like, and nothing fake, right? Like, I'm going to yeah. crush this. I got this. Yeah. Like, right. That might not work at all. If that works yeah. for you, amazing. If that works for you, amazing. Use it. But for me, that doesn't work. So I'm going to need to say something along the lines of, yes, I want to perform really well. And the, the way I perform well is trusting in my own ability. Mm. So I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to listen to what this person's saying, because if I listen to what they're saying, I know I'm going to come up with a better question yeah. instead of feeling like I have to force this. And so it's almost like having this inner dialogue with yourself, being very real acknowledging the way you're feeling, accepting the way you're feeling, and then trying to shift it to a productive thought or, or something that you know is going to help you. And, and again, like mental performance is so individualized, right? There's not one thing that all of us can say that's going to make us confident or that's going to take the nerves away or take the negative thoughts away. Mm -hmm. It's, it's always trying to feel like figure out how we listen, how we hear it and how we respond best to it and going from there, which is the challenging, but also the most fun part of my job. That is all so powerful. I have goosebumps. Like it's, it's just incredible yeah. that our, our mind can do so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote the words while you were talking, um, uh, fake it till you make it from a mental health perspective. Is that a good, like, how does that, <laughs> do you guys care that people say that? Is that not the right mentality to take? Or is that kind of, it's positive. You're, you're, you're getting your brain to think that way already. Like how did, where do you stand on it? Yeah, I love it. Um, I think, I think it all depends on the situation you're using it in, right? If like you're way like faking it, like, oh, I'm going to hit a home run every time I get up to the plate. Like, no, okay, I'm not into that. Right. But maybe you haven't, you, maybe you're like, oh, for 10, you haven't been playing good. And so you go up there and you're like, Hey, I'm confident in my next ability. Like yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And maybe you feel like you genuinely can't. But like, if you're messaging yourself, right, it, it's like a little balance, but um, a saying I've heard in mental performances, fake it until you become it. Oh yeah. Um, because eventually, right, if you, if you message yourself a certain way enough times, 
right? That's not totally ridiculous, right? Like I'm going to be the president tomorrow of the United States, right? It's yeah. like, okay, well, no, you're not, but okay. Like if that makes you sleep better at night, whatever, but like, yeah. can it be somewhat realistic and fake, I guess at the same time, um, just because you don't maybe genuinely feel it, but you know, deep down that that, that could happen. Mm -hmm. um, I think it can be very powerful because sometimes we don't have it and it's like recognizing when we don't have it and then figuring out what you need to do to help yourself get it back. And for some people that is faking it till you become it. Mm -hmm. um, and some people that doesn't work at all, you know, and some people need to be really hard on themselves. And, and, and sometimes that gets to a point of debilitating too. Right. And so it's like, we really have to just make sure we're paying attention to is what I'm doing is how I'm messaging myself, helping or hurting my performance. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of getting so caught up in like positive thoughts and negative thoughts, it's just like, is this thought that I'm having helping me or hurting me? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the answer. And, and of course that comes back to self-awareness, but if it's hurting you, we got to stop and figure something else out. And if, if it's helping you, I don't really care how crazy or weird it sounds. If it's helping your performance, like go for it. Mm -hmm. um, we just want to make sure it's a lasting impression and not hopefully just a temporary um, fix for sure. Now you started mental sweat Monday, which I absolutely love. <laughs> it is so good. What is mental sweat Monday? Yes, I love it. So Mental Sweat Monday is a one minute video on, I post on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram every Monday. And it is basically a strategy, a video about a strategy or a tip on bringing mental performance into your everyday life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started it because one, I had so many people being like, what does a mental performance coach do? Like, what does that even mean? And so I was like, okay, we need to educate the general public on what mental performance coaching is, which I'm absolutely okay with. And then two, you know, I started this almost two years ago and it's so funny because you go on social media and you're just inundated with like what you're supposed to be doing physically, right? The workouts, the yoga, the running, the walking, the CrossFit, yeah. the, the, the latest gym membership, how, what you should be eating, right? The plates you're supposed to be eating, how many portions and all this stuff. And it's amazing. And we all know that we need to work on our physical health all the time and that we need to be breaking a physical sweat every day. And, you know, it just kind of like really resonated with me. Well, maybe if we compare mental performance to physical performance and call it mental sweating, right. That this will sit, sit in people's mind of, okay, it's just as important to get a mental sweat on daily as it is to get a physical sweat on. And so it really just came to be, and I was like, what do I like? What's something a little different? And like, I like short and sweet. I like powerful messages. I don't, like cheesy things. I don't like um, fake things. And so that's kind of what it is. Just me getting on there for a minute, being real and raw and um, recognizing that the world we live in, especially today is incredibly challenging and that it's, it's at your utmost importance to check in on your mental performance and your mental health too um, on a regular basis. And so it's supposed to just serve as a reminder and like you see it and listen to it. It's pretty broad and, and hopefully you can take it and run with it and and make it fit into your life, into your world in whatever way possible. And, and that's the goal. So it's been really fun. Definitely gets me out of my comfort zone, but um, has been really rewarding in, in ways that I didn't even think was possible. So it's, it's been a fun journey for sure. And especially, I feel like we, you touch on it, the pandemic, and I will get to that as well. But right now people are just so, I don't want to say desperate, but just they need and are craving something to feel good. And that's exactly what Mental Sweat Monday uh, does every, every time I see it. Well, thank you. I love that. <laughs>
And speaking, you mentioned LinkedIn, so we have to talk about it because congratulations. You, um, I don't know the parameters of it, but I know that you're the top 10 sports voices, I think is what it was. Correct yes. me if I'm wrong. Um, no, you're right. For LinkedIn. So what is this honor? And then we'll continue to talk about it. Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, it's basically a 2020 LinkedIn top voices in sports. Um, and I didn't even know this was a thing, but the um, LinkedIn news HR people reached out to me and um, told me I was nominated for it. And then next thing you know, I was got the little cool care package at home and um, saw the article and was number two on it. But it's basically just like influencers on LinkedIn and people like who share and are interactive with it. And that's, I made a post about it just thanking everyone because, you know, <laughs> I mean, also Monday is cool for me, but like if nobody was watching it and sharing it and commenting on it, um, it would be nothing. And so it, it's just so cool to see how different people are, are taking it and running with it and using it in different ways and um, all of their different lives, right? Wow. Teachers, coaches, business people, insurance agents, like it's crazy just to see, see the world um, and, and how different people are are using it and interpreting it and, and making it fit for them. So it's been so, so cool. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a fun little cherry on top. I was like, well, that's fun. I didn't even know this was a thing. So very cool. It's, it's really, really, really awesome. Um, for one women in sports, but two, especially mental health, cause it is so important. And I just, that was my, um, hope and wish with this is that we get more people talking about mental health and I love how you approach it. And so congrats on that. I think it's so cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the, I, which kind of brings me to, I, I'm going to veer away from the pandemic just for a second, but the desensitizing that you've mentioned a couple times, we're almost there. I feel like we're so, so close. How, why, why do you think there's still a barrier between making it a normal thing to talk about? Hey, I went to my therapist and I did this and I did like, I even, I have a therapist and sometimes I get a little insecure to let people know that I have a therapist because I don't want them to be like, Oh yeah, mm -hmm. little crazy has to go talk about it. Mm -hmm. So we're still, we're almost there, but where, where do you stand on this? How much more work do we have to do? Yeah, it's, it's such an interesting question because, you know, so I said I was in New York for a year and a half and like when I was at New York, so I work on like mental performance side of things, which mm -hmm. is close, close knit to mental health, but it's not all mental health. And so, um, but I worked in a mental health office and we had clinicians, we had psychologists, we had psychiatrists, um, we had social workers, we had everybody in this office and it was, un and I'm from Tennessee and it was unbelievable to see like just the daily talking in New York about, yeah, I'm going to see my therapist. I'm going to see this. I'm going to do that. And not, no one even batted an eye. Right. But in mm -hmm. Tennessee, if you were to say something like that, it's like, Oh, like what's wrong? Are you okay? Yeah. Like, how can we help? Do you need us to cook dinner tonight? It's like, <laughs> Whoa, like it, you know, there wasn't a death in the fan. Like it, it, I'm okay. Like this is part of healing. This is, it's so normalized. And so I don't know. I, I think, again, I think probably in the last five, 10 years, it's like come immensely far from where it was. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's in large part to, you know, professional performers and athletes and actors coming out and saying, yes, yeah. I go see a therapist and it's fine. And, and again, I think it all comes back to just normalizing this. Like who cares what it takes to be my best self, Yeah. right? From a mental health standpoint, from a mental performance standpoint, like it's not a weakness unless I'm not doing anything about it. Right. And, and then if I'm letting it debilitate me and debilitate what I have to offer the world, then it becomes a weakness. And so for me, it's like, it's just, 
it's just normalizing everything, which is a huge part of our job too. It's like, Hey, I just, I hate myself right now. Okay. That's normal. Like, how can we get through this? How can we, how can we make this process work for you instead of against you? How can we not let this hold you back any more than what it already is or already has? And so I don't know. I definitely think we're headed in the right direction. I think talking about it makes it better. I think like educating about it makes it better, which I don't, I don't think there's ever going to come a day where I'm not educating somebody on what mental performance is. Yeah. Um, just because it, it, it is still a quote unquote new concept. Like yeah. people get it and they know it, but they're still like, so what do you do? And I'm like, <laughs> watch one video and maybe, maybe you'll get a little bit of it, but you know, and, and that's okay. Because I think it's part of our job to continue educating people on what it is and how it can be used. And and, and how it can be used in the right way and in a powerful way. And, and so I think we're trending in the right direction, but I think it's just hard because it's always just, it's always just been seen as a weakness, you know, and, and nobody wants to be seen as, as weak or weaker than anybody. And, and I think slowly, but surely it's becoming this really cool. No, when you do this, like you're actually pretty freaking strong and it's, yeah. it's the weaker ones who aren't working on their mental performance, you know, and, and, and it is going to debilitate them. So I don't know. It's hard, but I think we're going in the right direction. So we got that going for us. How would you say your college playing time, um, playing softball has helped you because you saw without having that person there to help you. And then now you are that person helping. How has it helped you in your job now really connect with the athletes and the players, especially on the field, but also mentally? Yeah, I um, I kind of laugh because my whole life I've I've kind of always been the person that everybody goes to for like advice, and I, I never really understood it back then. And now I'm like, I get it now. Like it all makes sense. Like this is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. But <laughs> it's funny because you you always hear people say, "Man, I wish I would have had this," you know, back in the day when I was playing or et cetera, et cetera. And I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and you know, I think I think some of the biggest takeaways, especially for me, was. In college, I used to look so much for confidence in other people, mm. right? Like, how can I feel confident about me and my ability through my coaches, through my teammates, through my parents, through significant others, right? You're always just looking, hey, how good am I? Like, tell me, tell me that I did a good job. Tell me that I'm, I'm strong. Tell me that I look good. Tell me that I'm smart. Wow. Tell me that I'm making good decisions, whatever it is. And the reality of it is like, nobody can instill that confidence in you more than you can. Yeah. And especially on demand, right? Like when you need it most, like in that moment on the field, right before you're about to interview somebody, like nobody's going to be there to say, Hey, you got this. Like it's you and you. (laughs) And so you have to be able to produce that confidence for yourself. You have to be able to get through those demons by yourself. And and I think that's long-term goal of everything that I do is, you know, eventually I want to work myself out of a job, right? I want to equip an athlete or a performer Mm -hmm. with every tool that they need to face anything that they're going to face Mm -hmm. without me being there, because I'm not going to be there in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. And even though I would love to be there, like whispering in your ear, telling you what you should think and what you should do, but I can't, it literally has to be you. And so a huge part of what I do is empowering people Mm -hmm. to know that they can produce it themselves and then helping them figure out how to do it. Um, but it was hard. Like in college, like we didn't, we didn't hear about this at all in college and and college wasn't that long ago, you know, for me. And so it's, I think college is is trying, but you know, you have budgets and all that good stuff and like, what are they making important? Right. Which I think comes back to the, how are we going to educate and get people to realize how important this is? It's like, well, what are colleges willing to pay for? Yeah. You know, are, are we willing to pay more for 
for other coaches than we are mental performance coaches. And it's like, well, if we are, then it's not going to be taken seriously. Like, you know, you can't expect it. Again, it's, it's so funny how it almost all comes back to the culture and, and maybe it's culture from a team to team basis, but it's also a school to school basis. And then it's like a, I don't know, state to state and then a, a worldly culture. Like, is this something that we can accept and know that we need this? Or is this something that we're kind of just always going to have on the side. So I think we just do our part and educate our corners of the world and hope it keeps expanding. I would love to see it in colleges. I know that all 30 baseball team MLB teams have them. Do you know mm-hmm. football and all that? Are they getting there? Do they have them? Cause I, I mean, it needs to trickle down to college and high school. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know hockey and basketball and football are trying. Um, I think basketball is probably second in, in behind baseball. Mm-hmm. I know they, I know they're huge advocates for mental health. I think they have to have mental performance coaches now. So I think they're probably close behind and then probably followed by football and then hockey. Um, it's coming. It's happening. Yeah. I think, I think more of them started more with a mental health focus and mm-hmm. now they're kind of trickling over to the mental performance um, aspects of it. Cause yeah. so basically just to like educate people, cause that's what we're supposed to do is educate people is like, so mental performance is more right. Things that directly affect you while you're performing. So like you were talking about nerves, handling anxiety, um, confidence, staying composed, being resilient, even being motivated and enjoying the moment, right? Those are all mental performance or mental skills where mental health is a little bit of the heavier stuff, right? So it's your depression, your clinical anxiety, eating disorders, suicidality, things of that nature. So um, as mental performance coaches, you're basically trained to help with all the mental performance side of things and then recognize when okay this isn't just like nerves before an interview this is actually maybe some clinical anxiety stuff going on and we need to make sure we're getting you whatever help that you need and so we kind of have a referral out program um, but we have a an eap person employee assistance person who um, is in charge of making sure they get all the help that they need whether it's like again a psychologist psychiatrist whoever they need um, we can provide that for them and so i think I think um, basketball went more of the mental health route first. Um, and now they're starting to get more mental performance coaches too, because both are so necessary, yeah. right? We have yeah. to take care of both sides of these. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously like mental health, I would argue, and I'm on the mental performance side, and I would argue mental health is most important because right, if we're not even functioning as humans, it doesn't matter how well we're functioning as athletes mm-hmm. and, and performers if, if we're having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. So um but I, I do th- I think we're growing I think we're going in the right direction um but then you trickle down to sports and or into college and you kind of have this unique world where you know there's 700 plus student athletes mm-hmm. at one university and you have you hire one person who does both mental performance and mental health and it's like whoa <laughs> like, what? no way yeah it's impossible <laughs> so they're learning I think uh, there's a couple programs I know Louisville has a really good program with multiple people on staff um and there's a couple more um throughout throughout the U.S. that that are doing it in the right way so hopefully that'll continue to grow too when they say that 80 percent of baseball is mental is that the mental performance or mental health or does it just vary player to player um I think that old saying is probably mental performance um and like confidence and like kind of getting out of your own way. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think it varies player to player. Um, I think, I think some people, you know, kind of were raised in a way to like be pretty level headed, right. Don't let a lot of bad things get to you and don't let a lot of good things get to you. Right. And then you have other people who are very emotional beings who let everything get to you and have high highs and really low lows. And, and so I think it's, 
absolutely individualized on kind of what spectrum, but it's really cool because one of my favorite things to ask, like, you know, for, for new players and new drafted guys, when they come in is what percentage of the game do they think is actually mental? Mm. And it's ever below like 80%. Mm. Like it's always high. Some people are like a hundred. It's all mental, like yeah. physical ability is there. It's the mentality. It's, it's the mental aspects and the mental performance that hold us back. Yeah. And, and then my follow-up question is that, well, how much, what percentage of your work ethic is going towards your mental game? Mm. You know, and it's usually, you know, 98% physical, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so if 2% of their training is even going to mental performance, I'm excited about that. So it's, it's, it's really funny to, to, we, it's so easy to say like, yeah, it's so mental. Okay. What are we doing about it? Like, how are we making this important? And I think that's our selling point. And I say this all the time. Like, imagine, imagine working so hard physically, right? You crush it. You're in great shape. You're fast. Your arm feels great. Whatever. You're seeing the ball, whatever position you are. And you get to the big leagues and you have your opportunity and your mind fails you, Yeah. right? Whether you choke or you freak out or your nerves take over or you're just out of control and you speed up and, and you just have zero control on what's going on. It's nothing physical because physically you're ready, but mentally you weren't prepared. Like, wouldn't that suck? Like how awful would that be? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh-uh. What do we need to do? Let's go. Let's make sure this is working for us. So it's, it's usually not a hard sell, but mental performance is a little tricky because you can't really force it on anybody. You know, it's one of those things where you have to believe that working on your mental side of your game is going to impact you in order to really buy into it and, and see the results of it. If you don't think it's going to help you, then I promise it won't. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a unique dance where you don't like force them to do it, but you also want to make sure you're always around that way in a moment, right? It could be a casual conversation and all of a sudden, you know, we're head underwater talking about something very, very, very important. Mm-hmm. And they may not have even realized how important it was um, or how impactful it is to their game in that very moment. Um, but just because you were right there, you've created this conversation. So it, it's, it's super important to know where you are to kind of always be around, but be in the background too. That's, that's one of my favorite ways to explain it as a mental performance coach. That's huge. That's, I love that your, your body's ready. Everything's ready, but your mind wasn't. And yep. I think that's everyone, I think whether that's in a relationship, you, you think you're ready, but then mentally are you? So like, it's, it's literally every aspect, not just sports as well. Yeah. I was, I used to train with um, the U.S. National uh, Women's uh, Volleyball Team in San Diego every year, and they would make me mentally, before I even stepped on the volleyball court, go through my outside hitting. Like, see it. See yourself jumping, doing the steps. How's your elbow? How's your wrist? All of this. Is that mental performance as well, and how important is that? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because – so mental performance is there's kind of two sides of it, right? There's the side we've been talking about, right? The confidence, composure, all of that. And then there's actual like mental preparation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like thinking about your technique, thinking about, okay, if the ball's hit to me here, where am I going to go? And it's almost like specifically related to the game itself, right? Instead of necessarily related to you, right? Where like confidence is more like thinking about how am I going to respond? Whereas mental preparation is like, okay, in the game, here's where I need to react in, in this way. And so it is, I, I think it's the same. It's like watching film, right? Making sure you know your opponents, what's their strong suits, what's their weaknesses. Um, it's almost like that's, I've never really thought about it this way, but I just thought about this. It's, it's almost like that's the mental and physical preparation coming together, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you have like the weight room side of physical preparation, and then you have the like confidence building of mental preparation, 
And then coming together is like this practice of, okay, we're physically moving our feet and moving our bodies, but we're also mentally thinking about where our bodies need to be and what our bodies need to do and what our next move is. Mm -hmm. So it's almost thinking about it as like, just like you, you can't just work out and expect to be a good volleyball player, right? Like you got to actually go and know the details of the game and know where to be and then communication and all that. And so I think it's like this, this really cool union of both the mental, mental and the physical side, but yeah, it's, it's, it's two parts. It's, Kind of difficult to explain but you're de- it definitely like everything you just said definitely has a mental component to it for sure there's so many layers to this it's incredible I know, I know. It, it's so cool because i even the preparation part that you just said what would you say is the one mistake that people make whether they're an athlete or not with mental um performance mental health i know that you're on the performance side what do you see yeah. as the biggest issue or uh, mistake that athletes make I think without a doubt, it's, it's getting thrown off your, what, what, whatever your level of highest performance is, right? So it's getting thrown off or distracted or losing focus on the task at hand due to something that's outside of your control, mm. right? Or adding more stress or pressure to the situation in the game because of something that's outside of your control. Yeah. Um, because that's what we typically do, right? And, and most of the things that cause the most stress or anxiety or more tension or more pressure in a game scenario is, usually something we can't even control, right? It's like, okay, we got, we have to score this runner. You can't control if you score this runner. All you can control is what pitch you decide to swing at and how fast you run. You can't control what their fielders do. You can't control what your runner does. You can't control if your coach sends them or not. You can't control if the umpire calls them safe or out, right? It's like, there's so many factors, but yet we feel like we have to control that. And we feel like that's the only move we can make right then and there. And so I think it always comes down to, creating unnecessary stress for things that are outside of our control. I think that's the biggest mistake most performers make. I mean, think about it in life, right? Even in relationships, right? We get worked up about things that didn't even happen. Yeah. Right. Or, or we create problems in our relationships because of something that we think is going to happen or something that's yeah. totally outside of our control. Like they had to work late. And so we missed our dinner reservation. And so now we're mad and it's like, we're mad and upset about something that we can't even control that they can't even control, you know? And it's like, that's just human nature again. And so I think, I think a mentally tough athlete, a mentally tough performer in anything you do is able to stay focused on the task at hand, regardless of what's happening around them, regardless of the things that they can control or can't control. Like, I'm still just going to go up here and do my job, whatever that job is, regardless of how well I've been playing. Cause sometimes we lose focus, even when we're playing really well, right? We get a little confident, a little, little, little too arrogant. And then even when we're performing really poorly, when everything's going wrong, can you still come up there? and do your job and focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on. And, and I think that's incredibly challenging. How did you see the pandemic uh, or have you seen the pandemic affect mental performance? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because, so I worked from home for about almost seven months um, and we finally got to go down to um, Clearwater for our fall instructional league and got to get out of the house a little bit. Um, but it, it was funny, you know, because we really tried a, a technique that we tried was instead of like, just like pounding into the guy's heads, like mental performance skills and strategies and like do this and do that. It really almost turned into a, how are you doing instead mm-hmm. of here's what you need to do. Yeah. Because it was like, we, we were yearning for social connection. We're yearning for conversations more than just the conversations we were having with our immediate families in the house, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so it was like this immediate connection of like, how are you doing? Are you getting outside? Are you taking care of your basic needs? 
Are you mixing up your routines every day, right? And trying to get out of the monotonous. Like, are you going outside? Are you staying physically active? Are you hydrating well? Are you still drinking enough water, even though you're not thirsty throughout the day? Like, it was really like making sure their basic needs were met and then just connecting and listening and empathizing. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I kind of joke about having to support people going through a pandemic when I don't, I've never been through a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how to do this. I'm, yeah. And so it, one of my best, um, ways to do that was to be like, I'm feeling this way too. Like, I don't know how to figure this out. What do you think is the best way to work through this? Let's try something this week and see if it works and, and check in next week, you know, and, and go from there. But there's a lot of trial and error, a lot of empathizing and a lot, again, kind of normalizing everything you were experiencing because we've never been through this before. And so anything and everything that happens is part for the course. And we're like, what's next? You know, what are we going to feel next? And, and, accepting that that whatever you feel is normal and let's just try to get through it and make the best of what we can because there was so much outside of our control with this pandemic you know like the guys couldn't even work out some places like they were literally professional athletes doing at-home workouts you know and and some of them had equipment and some of them didn't and so it it, it could have gotten crazy and, and it probably did but we were just trying to figure out what we can control and making sure we weren't adding more stress by freaking out about the things that we couldn't do anything about you know which is really hard. So it is really hard. And you know, I was, I don't know where I was a few days ago with my friends, but I was like, my poor therapist probably for my mental health, probably he's hearing all these other world, like these problems, but who is he venting to? And so you, I mean, you have all this and, and you're going through first pandemic, you know, too. So it's all of us right now, we're all in it together. Um, (laughs) I appreciate your time. So last, last question. And this, any tools, any, um, I want to say maybe books that you, like, I'm such a podcast person, but also audibles. I listen to, gosh, I don't know which one I'm listening to right now, but I'm always trying to better my mental health plus my mental performance because being out on sidelines or being out anywhere for me, that is my performance. Are there any books or any tools you think that could help people if they don't have someone like you in their life? Yes. So I, um, typically my favorite, um, mental performance book is called the champion's mind. Mm. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's a really easy read and it has a, it has a lot of really cool analogies on, um, in different stories. So it just makes, it makes topics that may be a little difficult to understand really like comprehensible. Like it, it's like, you, you just understand it, it resonates and, you, and you, chances are you'll remember it. Cause it's like a, a pretty cool story that goes along with it. So Champions Mind is a good one. Atomic Habits is a great book by James Clear. Um, and then I love the book Extreme Ownership. Um, it, it's more of a leadership book, but it's all about taking ownership about everything that happens to you in your life. Yes. So like if, you, if you're where you're at and you like it, take ownership. If you're where you're at and you hate it, you still take ownership and you figure out what do you do about it. So it's, that's a great one too. So I'm, I'm a book gal more than I am a podcast gal. So um, those, are my, those are my three books I would recommend right now. I love, I'm going to, that's one. And it's something I have to work on because if I ever see someone online being, woe is me, kind of the victim mindset mm-hmm. and like my skin starts to crawl and I'm <laughs> ah, so that's, and that's clearly triggering something in me. And so I have to just uh, work on that. So I love that. I'm excited. I'm going to go yes. um, those books. I Perfect. appreciate your time so much. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for everyone out there, your exact title with the Phillies, what is it? It is a mental skills coach. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. 
thank you so much. Um, we are just lucky that you blessed us with all of your knowledge. I, I mean, there's so much that we could talk to and I don't want to be selfish and take up your time, but we scratched the surface today and, and I know it's going to help people. Good. No, I'm glad. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.